Welcome to Intuitive Astrology with Molly McCord. Thank you so much for joining me today as we take a look at the astrological energies from April 5th to the 12th, where we have lovely energies unfolding over this next week, especially with Mercury in Taurus, Venus entering Gemini, and we're going to have the Sun conjunct Jupiter in Aries at 21 degrees. So this is definitely a time period to make the most of what has ease and flow, what is coming together, what is lining up. Keep going with that. Allow that energy to guide you forward. Allow for things to connect, even if it feels like there's things that are still open and unknown, there is a building energy coming together over this next week and we'll talk about it more in today's podcast. For those who have asked, I had a wonderful bucket list adventure to Iceland where I experienced the Northern Lights in person, the energy of the Northern Lights, plus all the beautiful energy of Iceland. And I was drawn there because of both the elements and the elementals. And it has a very magical energy to it. It's probably one of the best trips I've ever had. And I will share a little bit more with you at the end of the episode if you're interested and want to hear more, including one of the best survival tips I heard about Iceland. So I will share more about that after we discuss the big energies that we're moving through here in April. Now, I do want to begin with the Libra full moon, as that is exact on April 5th or 6th, depending on your time zone. And it's occurring at 16 degrees of Libra in your astrology chart. So you want to identify where you have 16 degrees of Libra by house placement, as the house is the area of life where the full moon is illuminating energies for you, also showcasing and highlighting what you weren't aware of or something for you to see in a new light at this time. The full moon in Libra highlights what is out of balance, where we need to come back to center and what we need to do energetically to maintain our equilibrium and to check in with ourselves, as well as understand how we are sharing energies with others. The full moon opposes both the sun and Chiron at 16 degrees of Aries. So we have at this time not only the Libra full moon, the sun in Aries conjunct Chiron. And this brings up something around a vulnerability and insecurity, something we're healing also checking in with your overall health, checking in with your body and your energy levels. If you need to rest more, if you need more downtime or more sleep in order to manage your overall energy at this time, the sun conjunct Chiron happens once a year and it brings our attention to something that maybe we haven't fully seen before. It also highlights an alternative path, something to do differently something to do in a way that is not typical or mainstream, some way of navigating through these Aries energies that might feel like it takes you off course initially. And that's because Chiron is about assessing something from a different angle so that we can understand more of our power, our choices. We can understand more of a potential that we didn't see. And Chiron unlocks those potentials. But in Aries, we have to step out of our need to be so independent, our need to always do it on our own, our ego, perhaps our desire to just figure it out. Aries is the energy that does well when you give it a machete, a fire torch, and a Snickers bar. Well, here comes Chiron, takes away the machete, takes away the torch, takes away the Snickers bar, and then you have to figure out what to do next. So there is an energy of this week to be kinder to yourself. Don't force things. Allow a change to happen. Allow yourself a break give yourself time, step away. And this could even feel like something comes up out of your control because of the Libra full moon. And Libra brings in 
others, the other person, the other option, the other side of the story. So there could be a perception that something is happening outside of your choice that's requiring you to not do everything you want to do. And that's because Aries is a doer. Aries takes action and goes for it, is on the run, is on the go. Well, this could feel like downtime a slowdown, but know that this is natural and normal. Don't allow it to shake you from your core or take away what is truly important to you or a priority. So the Libra full moon could bring up something that you have to navigate with greater balance, greater equilibrium, a sense of, okay, this too shall pass. This is only for a few days, or this is just coming up so I can see something that I didn't see before. Now, the Libra full moon also highlights relationships, the dynamics of giving and receiving, perhaps noticing where something is not working, something doesn't feel like it's an equal exchange. And with the Chiron influence here, it could feel like you need to step away. There could be a wound, something coming up around a breakup, a separation, even just needing more time to yourself or time away from others. So there is the potential here to reestablish what's out of balance, but to look at what is coming up within yourself that might not feel so great at first. But to be honest, we've had this Chiron in Aries since 2018, and it could be that now you've figured out some more ways to work with these energetics, especially as the sun has been making a conjunction to Chiron for about five years now. There is a slowdown when the sun and Chiron are conjunct, but the opposition that occurs with the Libra full moon gives you perspective, gives you the understanding of this is something that I can still manage and work with, and to find the objectivity in it, to step away from anything that might feel personal, and to see it as that is one way to view it, what's another way to view this situation, this experience, whatever is coming up for you during the Libra full moon. So we have this energy coming up on April 5th and 6th. And we also have supportive sextiles occurring with Mars in Cancer sextiling the North Node in Taurus. That is active April 3rd until about the 7th and 8th. As Mars in Cancer travels from four to five degrees and interacts with the North Node in Taurus that gives us the ability to handle what's coming up, to take it step by step, to look at things in a simple, practical matter, and to evaluate what's really a big deal and what's not, what's just passing through, what's just the river flowing and you can let things go and not hold on. So there is an ease here. There's a gracefulness as this Mars in Cancer works with the North Node in Taurus, gives us perspective on what is really true for what we need, what we can do to stabilize ourselves. And the energy it's also showing up with Mercury in Taurus sextiling Saturn in Pisces at three degrees. So we have this supportive Taurus energy right now that also connects us to quality, as in stay focused on the quality of life you want to create, build, and live. Focus on the everyday simple things that are nourishing and fortifying, that are designed to support your energy in that grounded manner that Taurus is very powerful with and to allow the movement of the water signs to purify you. So we have this Mars in Cancer and that is about the physical body, the energy we hold, but also going to the support of the water elements to move energy, whether that is swimming, taking a bath, taking a shower, allowing the element of water to cleanse you, to purify you, to rinse off anything that you're holding on to. 
that needs to simply flow. And you know, this could be something as simple as taking a shower with a very clear intention or meditation to rinse off anything that you feel is stuck or stagnant, to allow it to cleanse your emotional body, and to understand how we need the support and flow of water to keep us moving and to understand how so much in life is just passing by. It's just meant to move through us. We're not meant to identify with it. And so Mars can bring up the emotions that you've identified with and Mars in Cancer is bringing up what you're ready to change and release so that it doesn't grow or fester or become anything more. So this would be a time to be very honest with yourself around what you're feeling and to allow any type of movement to be supportive of a release. And this is often gentle with Mars and Cancer. It can be yin yoga. It can be deep stretching. It can be something that allows you to intuitively move or connect with your body. So know that that's part of what we're meant to be aware of at this time is what needs to flow through us and how you can do it with honesty as well as self-respect and personal ownership. And personal ownership is important with Mars and Cancer because of how things can just trigger you and come up. But it's important to note that the triggers are exactly what showcases the healing that's needed. So wherever you're triggered is where you're ready to heal something. It's coming up for your attention and to say, oh, wow, I didn't see it like that before. I didn't notice it in that manner before, or I didn't know it was there. And that's because of how cancer can be in our unconscious. It can be connected to past memories and previous emotional imprints. But whatever is triggered is exactly what you're ready to look at, heal, and gracefully love in yourself even more. So as Mars and Cancer sextiles the North Node in Taurus, it means it also trines the South Node in Scorpio. And you could feel an energetic transition away from something that felt really fearful. Where when you allow yourself to go into the feeling, into whatever is coming up for you, when you face it and really honor it without needing to be in control of it or to have it be or look a certain way, there is something that can simply open up and float away that you're no longer carrying. And I feel like that's one of the best shifts here with Mars in Cancer working with both the North Node and the South Node is that you could really feel that something is being removed from your emotional body, from even an intensity that you felt previously where something felt really big, perhaps very emotional. There was a lot of energy around it. And this would be a week where you could feel that just moving out and clearing away and giving you confirmation of what you've changed or shifted in yourself. And this connects to the energies of Mercury and Taurus this week, where Mercury and Taurus sextiles Saturn and Pisces at three degrees. Then it will make a conjunction to the North Node in Taurus at five degrees and then sextile Mars in Cancer at six degrees. And this is also where Mercury in Taurus has entered its retrograde territory as of April 6th. And the official retrograde begins April 21st. But as Mercury in Taurus enters this retrograde territory, it's also going to show you some things to look at differently. And I feel like these connections to Saturn, the North Node, and Mars, they are all positive developments. They're all about alleviating something in our mind, something that has been overwhelming or stressful, something that you've been trying to figure out or maybe trying to find a choice, a decision, a solution. What do I do with this? This is going to be a week where there's going to be clarity 
that comes through your intuition, that comes through what you're feeling. And there's going to be things that start to connect and build because of that. Now, Mercury in Taurus moves slower. It's an observer and watches. It is discerning what to say, when to say it, should I say it. And because we're going to have a Mercury retrograde in Taurus, we're going to be working with this part of ourselves between 5 and 15 degrees of Taurus. That's the territory that's covered during the upcoming Mercury retrograde. Again, it starts April 21st and goes until May 14th. So we're not there yet, but we are entering into the territory of what we'll be reviewing, what we'll be thinking with, processing, figuring out, and perhaps even understanding where we've been stuck. There could be something here where you feel like, I just haven't been able to see over this wall. I haven't been able to see what is beyond this point or this area of my life, whatever might be coming up for you that you could feel that you've been sitting with something. And what we have with the support of both Mars and Cancer and Saturn and Pisces is that if you feel like you've been trying to climb that wall, you've been trying to figure out how to see beyond it, I'm getting the visual of levitating yourself where the intuitive energies here allow you to gently rise up, allow you to just gently float up to a higher perspective without having to exert a ton of energy or effort and to trust what you're seeing. And as I'm saying that, I'm getting the visual of moving from the human mind up higher to the crown chakra and to have that be your lighthouse point, to have that be where you're looking out above the 3D world, above the physical world, and you're starting to see something from that perspective of your crown chakra. And then I'm seeing the energy connect to the third eye. And then there's solutions that come in. So there's something around this energy that could be strengthening your own intuitive guidance, your own spiritual gifts and strengths, especially that third eye chakra and your connection to your crown chakra and above. So this would be one way to work with the energies of this week and then to take it into the upcoming Mercury retrograde where you understand that, okay, there's things that are very real happening. Mercury in Taurus brings our attention to the practical matters of our life that we have to take care of. This is also financial energy. This is also the energy that we put into things that we want to build and develop and create. And you could feel that there's things not budging, that they're not moving forward, that there's this slowdown coming up, especially as Mercury approaches retrograde on April 21st. But then you would know, okay, I'm just going to go up higher in the lighthouse. I'm going to climb rather levitate, levitate up to the highest point of the lighthouse and see what I can see up there, then bring it down into the physical, then integrate it and bring more of that higher vibrating energy into my everyday life and my everyday world. Now, this is bringing up the energy of of money, investments, finances, what's going on for you personally in those areas of your life. And this would be an important time to slow down, check the details, check the facts, go through financial statements clearly, look at your bank accounts, look at where money is going out, look at where you're ready to cancel some things or you don't want to spend money on that. Making some very clear decisions about this part of our life is going to be a strong focus here with Mercury in Taurus approaching its retrograde April 21st. So when you go up to that lighthouse viewpoint, you're going to see some new solutions that might not quote unquote make sense, that might 
seem ridiculous or how do I get there? What do I do with this? What is this going to be? How is this going to work? Well, then that's probably what you're going to be slowing down and working with during the Mercury retrograde. But this at least gives you a higher perspective of what's possible because our human consciousness needs to connect to something in order for it to become energetically alive. That's how we work intentionally with this energy. So the more that you're open to broadening your perspective or seeing what you didn't see before, that invites the energy in. It welcomes it in so that you can download it and work with it. So this could be wonderful for problem solving. Again, if you feel that wall in front of you, you feel like, where do I go from here? What do I do next? Try this visualization exercise. See what comes up. See what comes through and allow things to come to you gracefully. Relax into the ease of receiving. Relax and welcome what shows up and what comes through. The other thing I'm feeling here is that as Mercury is conjunct the North Node in Taurus and it supports the areas we want to build and develop in our lives with intention, this is where you could feel something getting stronger around your self-worth and your self-value where you're connecting to something that you know you can have this. I I can make this real in my life. I am worthy of this. I know my value. I know what's possible for me. I know I can do this. If that's what you're feeling, and I hope you are, if you're sensing that energy, hold on to that, ground that in, make that a part of what you continually practice and reiterate, make that a part of your belief system And then allow the universe to meet you there. Allow the universe to show up and give you that confirmation or that affirmation. Allow the universe to say, yes, that's true. And allow yourself to receive. And there is an interesting receptive energy going on right now, which is part of how this Aries season is very different because we have the Sun, Jupiter, and Chiron in Aries. And these are the energies of going for it, making it happen, making moves, getting things going. It's a masculine energy that wants to assert itself. But in the background, we have very strong feminine energies where the planets are in water and earth signs, which allow us to know when to step back, when to allow things to come to us, and that we don't have to always make it happen. So trust what's coming up for you around this dynamic. Understand where your energy feels better leaning back exhaling, relaxing, saying, okay, this is going to show up for me. I can feel it. I trust it. And I'm going to allow the universe to come through and demonstrate my worthiness and my self-value that I'm deeply grounding in. Now, also in the Taurus energies, we have Venus entering into the last five degrees of Taurus, and this is where she moves into Pleiadian energetic territory. The Pleiadian energies are the strongest at 25, 26, and 27 degrees of Taurus. So as Venus enters into these degree points starting on April 7th, Venus also makes a sextile to Neptune and Pisces, and this is where we're opening up our ability to download more support, more creative inspirations. There's more coming through here that's also could feel quite relaxing. I'm feeling it as like relaxing the heart, relaxing the heart, whether that's the heart chakra, the physical heart. It just feels like there's energies here about receiving love, feeling love, feeling the bigger downloads of love and different frequencies of love that come from the Pleiadian energy fields. So there's something here that could come in and give you a certainty, give you a sense of, yes, this is what I want. This is true for me. I feel it. I'm feeling this energy. I'm receiving it and I'm allowing it to be fully integrated into my energies at a cellular level. 
Venus and Taurus sextiling Neptune and Pisces opens up creativity and intuition, opens up our ability to understand more of what we're capable of and what we need. So again, it's a very feminine energy, but it wants us to feel loved and safe and clear. So this would be a beautiful time to look at what you're receiving that could show up even out of the blue, that could be a delightful surprise, but it's something coming through that is meant to show you more of the wonderful experiences of being on this planet. There could be energies too. I'm seeing it as swirling through the heart chakra. And it's a very gentle, calm, swirling, unless you feel it as a tornado. I don't see a tornado. I feel a very gentle, calm swirling of the heart chakra that is clearing out, cleansing, purifying, but it also just has this confidence to it. It has a sense of this is who I am. This is what I want. It's like these very positive affirmations coming through. And it feels like it's meant to remind us of how loved we are for being here, for showing up, for being in this physical adventure on this planet. It's very loving. So stay open to any of those beautiful love downloads that come through this week. And this could even be a simple visualization that you do before drifting off to sleep. Also right upon waking up in the morning. I feel too like there's going to be very interesting dream state messages. Energies coming through as Venus connects to Neptune that give us a detached perspective that maybe can lighten your heart, that can show you more of what you're able to open up to and receive. So again, it has this very calming, soft, gentle energy to it. I'm seeing it as I mentioned the swirling in the heart chakra and it looks like some really beautiful pastels. It just has that softness to it. It allows us to even breathe gently and to just trust ourselves and to trust our journeys even more. So this energy feels quite strong as Venus moves through the final degrees of Taurus and then she will enter Gemini on April 10th. And when Venus enters Gemini, she becomes busier, more interested in what's going on in her life and her world. She also sparks up both her throat chakra and her ability to see things in different perspectives. And so as she enters Gemini, she makes a trine, the very first trine to Pluto in Aquarius at zero degrees. This is the first time that Venus in Gemini has trined Pluto in Aquarius for, oh, let's say 250 years, all right? So it's literally been hundreds of years before we've had this type of transiting energy. And here we have some powerful activations. This is where Venus in Gemini trining Pluto in Aquarius, you could meet someone powerful, you could have some powerful connections, powerful relationships show up that are part of your soul contract. That's also what Pluto in Aquarius holds are the people we're meant to meet in this lifetime. Whether you identify them as a soulmate or a soul contract, whether they feel very familiar, you've known them before, but this is a happy connection. I mean, this is a trine. There's a lot to say, a lot to share. There's interactions here. There's also the ability for this Venus in Gemini to power up, to power up her connections or the people who get her, who understand what she's about who are on the same page energetically. So I feel like Venus entering Gemini, making that immediate trine to Pluto in Aquarius opens up a whole new door of connections. And even though this energy is the strongest on April 10th and April 11th, it feels like there's a changeover. It feels like there's something where you could just feel like certain connections, relationships, friendships, they don't have energy to them anymore. They don't feel like they're on the same page or that you're even going in the same direction. 
There could also be the understanding that you're living your life at a different speed, a different speed than some people in your world. And it could feel like it's a lot of work to slow down or it could feel like it's a lot of work to speed up, right? It's sort of like there could be this sense of we're just living life at a different pace. It's not wrong, it's different. It's not wrong, it's just different. And it doesn't feel like it's connecting, almost like going off on different trajectories, going in different directions. But something about this Venus in Gemini trining Pluto in Aquarius opens up the connections to a new soul group, new people, new ways of interacting with people that feel more truthful to who you are, to what you want, to your interests, even to what you want to talk about, which is a strength of these air signs. So there's something about this week. I'm seeing it as, you know, we've talked before about being in a hallway and sometimes it feels like the doors are closed. I feel like this is a big door opening. There's a big door opening this week and maybe it doesn't happen the exact day that you expect, but the energetics are opening. There's openings here into new connections, new people, new friendships. Uh, This also because it's Venus, it's women, it's feminine energy, whether those are partners, friendships, sisters, siblings, girlfriends, wives, all that. It could be any form of feminine energy that opens up and comes through. It also feels like there's alignment here. There's alignment. So what a cool energy to enter into because then it's also followed by the sun conjunct Jupiter in Aries at 21 degrees. And this is going to be exact on April 11th and April 12th. And whenever the sun is conjunct Jupiter, it's often known for being one of the luckiest days of the year. It has big energy. It brings in manifestations, abundance, whatever you want to expand at 21 degrees of Aries in your life. And Aries is our sense of self, who you are now. And with Jupiter coming in here, there could be things that confirm that, verify that, give you support, give you a boost, also support your confidence in what you want to do next. So if you're looking for courage, independence, the ability to do something new or different. Maybe there's something that you're doing for the first time in your life and it feels both exciting and a little bit nerve-wracking. This conjunction with Jupiter is going to give you that go. It's going to be like a clear yes and the universe opens a door or the universe shows you what to do next. It brings in the resources, the invitations, the opportunities. So Sun conjunct Jupiter, April 11th and 12th, is important to stay aware of what is opening for you, what is growing and developing, what is expanding that you want to say yes to. And by the way, this is about you. This is about what you want, what's correct for you, what you want to do. It's not about what other people think or say or their opinions. This is where the universe is saying, this has your name on it. And maybe you've been waiting for it. Maybe you've been hemming or hawing or you weren't sure if it was the right time or the right thing, the right direction, which means that your mind is overactive and you're overthinking it. The Aries energy trusts its gut, where the energy speaks the loudest. The energy says yes. And then the mind follows along, which is different than the mind deciding. So this is where we're really in our body consciousness and where we're feeling the energy coming in. I'm feeling it very strongly in the solar plexus where think about times in your life you just got that clear yes. You got that feeling. You got that inspiration. You're like, this is a yes for me. Even though I don't know the details or the how or what's going to happen, how it's going to come together, but it's a yes. And this is where the universe is going to bring you something that has your name on it, that is a yes, that you are simply trusting yourself, trusting that you want this, trusting that it's correct for you, and that's it. It isn't about looking at what other people want or how they're going to be affected. 
It isn't about trying to make sure that everyone's okay with it or that it makes other people happy. It's also making sure that you're standing strong in your own sovereignty, in your sense of self, in who you are now, because that's where the energies are going to continue to grow and develop. Jupiter in Aries begins a new 12-year cycle. So this can begin something for you that actually continues on for a number of years, opens you up to more of what you want in this lifetime, connects you with more of what's possible for you. I would say this is also a powerful time period to write out your intentions, to get very clear on where you want to direct your energy, on what you do want to manifest and create. So there's a lot of creative energy in the cosmos at this time. There's a lot here to own your power, own your creation power, and really understand what you're capable of as a beautiful energetic being. Now, this sun conjunct Jupiter at 21 degrees of Aries is going to be the strongest for you if you have planets or points in the fire signs between 20 and 22 degrees. So 20 and 22 degrees of Aries, 20 and 22 degrees of Leo, 20 and 22 degrees of Sagittarius. It's also going to be very supportive if you have those same degree points in Gemini and Aquarius as this is going to give you the energy and momentum to get some things moving and grooving. So this is an important week to go where the energy feels the best, where you are trusting your intuition, you're trusting how the energy is speaking to you, what is raising you up, lifting you up. And it's very personal. It's something that Again, others aren't going to feel in the same way as you, but there's going to be things coming through that are encouraging and supportive, also helping you see some new solutions or new ways to move ahead that you just didn't see before, you didn't think it was a possibility. But I feel like there's something about the energy of the universe hears you. The universe hears you and it's kind of like it's been working behind the scenes to bring some things together, move some things around. You've got to clear out this. You've got to let go of that. And then in comes the new, the influx of what is possible, the openings as well. So just stay aware of that because there's a lot of good energy this week. It's very supportive and encouraging but it's not forceful. It's not something that you have to make it happen. There's gonna be things that maybe just show up or come through and you're like, wow, this is wonderful. I'm so happy this developed or I never thought this could be something I would say yes to, but it feels right, it feels good and I'm gonna trust that feeling. I'm also getting the visual of taking the higher path, taking the higher road, where I'm seeing a ramp. It looks like a launching ramp that definitely goes up, let's say 45 degrees. And the more that we take that, the higher the energy goes. And it also supports you in being energetically clear as we move into eclipse season. And we have a very big eclipse on April 19th and 20th. I just put a video on YouTube for you discussing the energetics of that eclipse, how it's opening us up to more galactic energies and cosmic downloads. It's shifting and evolving us both individually and collectively. It's also an eclipse that will last into 2024. So it has some long-term effects. And yet when you trust that higher road, that higher path, you go up that launching ramp, it's almost like some things just aren't gonna get to you. They aren't gonna connect, they aren't gonna bother you, they aren't gonna interfere with your energy. And that's so much about what we're moving through at this time is our ability to go higher up the spiral, to go into new territory that we haven't been in before. And this airy solar eclipse is definitely going to open up even more But the more that you're clear 
in what will connect with you, what will be interacting with your energy and what won't be interacting with your energy, it's going to almost feel more effortless. Now, there are challenges, there are energies coming up here that we've never experienced before. So it's not going to be simple and it certainly isn't always going to be easy. But this is where we're really actively applying our energetic mastery and the power of your energy in this timeline, as well as understanding how big our soul growth is on the planet right now. On Monday's podcast, I'll be talking more about the Aries solar eclipse on April 19th. Uh, There's a lot of messages in there. There's also a lot opening up as we go into this eclipse territory. So that will be Monday's podcast topic. I also want to remind those of you who have April or May birthdays that you can look at the energies you're going to experience over the next 12 months through the solar return course that I teach, where you look at your energies for this year, what the highlights are, what you'll be focusing on, what themes are coming up for you, all of that is available in that program and you can get it for 50% off with coupon code birthday. I'll put the link below this podcast episode, but that's one of the most insightful ways to understand what's coming up for you during your solar return and then what unfolds over the next 12 months. So please check out that course because it can really help you get a hold on what is highlighted for you and how to make the most of it. Especially because this is eclipse season and if your birthday falls during eclipse season, that's even bigger life developments and life changes. So that's always good to know as well because then you can see how you're evolving and how these eclipses are going to be shaking up your world and changing your life during this next year. And then just really quick, my trip to Iceland was amazing and I really wanted to experience all the multitude of energies that are there, the different elements. It's where the tectonic plates meet between North America and Europe. They move about two centimeters a year and that's also why there's so much volcanic activity on Iceland and why the ground is always moving and shifting as well as the openings into the earth, which are powerful places of both receptivity and creation when you have tectonic plates meeting. And then of course, all the mountains and volcanoes that are active there. It is a very mystical place that is strongly rooted in the elementals and otherworldly beings. You have the spirit beings, the trolls, the elves, all these stories and mythology about their energies, which I find fascinating. I love hearing about the history and the lore behind them, including where and how they have lived in this part of the globe for a very long time. And even as I was moving through different parts of Iceland, they would talk about the trolls and talk about the elves. And I always thought that was so enchanting. There are strong connections, of course, to the Vikings, to Nordic and Celtic traditions. And that's also part of my heritage. So I just love learning more about the history of that. Also, the different mystical practices that were brought to Iceland from both the Vikings and the Nordic and Celtic traditions, how they were implemented into daily life, and also how they lived in this very extreme climate. And when I was there, it never was above freezing. The temperatures were always below freezing. And in fact, a lot of the locals were saying how it's the coldest winter they've had in 25 years. And it has been very cold for a number of years, but this was the coldest. And I definitely felt that when we were out seeing the Northern Lights. So I went out twice to hunt for the Northern Lights and I was with a tour guide and they knew where to go. And of course, I'm looking at all the apps to determine, is it a good night? Is there going to be visibility? Are there clouds? There's a lot of things that come into play. So the first night, the Northern Lights were very faint 
and it was hard to see them. I could see some of the green off in the distance, but the tour guide said to keep taking pictures because your camera will pick up what the human eye cannot see because our eyes are not nocturnal. So there's things we don't see in the dark, but the camera will pick it up. So I'm just taking a bunch of shots, hoping for something, but it really wasn't the dazzling, spectacular show that you hope for. But I had prepared myself ahead of time. It's okay if it doesn't happen. There's other things I'm going to enjoy. I was already working with the possible disappointment of it all. But then when you don't see the Northern Lights on a tour one night, they often will say, well, you can rebook to see them another night. So that's what I did. And the second night we went out, it was spectacular. It was just vibrant and mesmerizing and moving around all these shades of green, dancing and really flowing in ways that are hard to describe. And they are very tall. So they go up for meters and meters into the sky. And it's just a really incredible experience to feel as well as to be in awe of what we experience and see here on our little tiny planet. There's also numerous factors that influence the Northern Lights, and it can be through the solar winds, uh, the density, the cloud coverage. There's a lot that has to line up in order to see them. And this is the time of year when there's fewer and fewer Northern Lights in Iceland as we shift into summertime and the Earth's access shifts. So I intentionally wanted to see the Northern Lights, and I'm so glad I did. I'm so grateful. It also happened to be the night when we had the alignment of five planets in the sky, when there was Jupiter, Venus, Uranus, Mars, and Saturn all lined up in a beautiful planetary alignment. And that happened on the same night that I was out there. And also it doesn't happen right away. So we were out there for two hours and we had to wait. And we had to wait and wait. And then you're wondering, is anything going to happen? Is anything going to come through? You don't know. And that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of just being in the experience. So I'm really grateful to have experienced that show and that energy and those light codes coming through fresh from the sun. It was definitely a bucket list adventure. And I would definitely do it again. I feel like there's even more to Iceland to explore and see, especially once you've been to a country once and you get an understanding of how things work, how it operates. Everyone was so friendly. Everyone I interacted with, whether they were tour guides or at the hotel or at the restaurants, so friendly, like they genuinely like tourists, which isn't the case in various places you go. They're genuinely kind and helpful and friendly, great senses of humor, just really happy interactions. I met some really great people, really stretched myself to eat some food that I would never try normally. But I love learning how food is integrated into a culture for various reasons. And so here you have an island with the bounty of the sea and seafood. And then you also have the limitations of what can be grown on the earth. So they grow a lot of barley because wheat doesn't grow well here. There's a lot of greenhouses for their vegetables and fruits and what they need to compensate and be healthy parts of their diet. And so I just love learning about that because there's things we don't question or that we take for granted in our own cultures, in our own neck of the woods. And I feel like it's important to hear about the resilience of human beings, the creativity, you know, what has been developed and what has worked, especially for centuries, in order to give people a long-term life and what is sustainable. Iceland also has its own geothermal activity that makes it very self-sustaining and self-reliable for energy and that was fascinating to learn about. I went to the Blue Lagoon, I went to some geothermal hot springs and bathhouses and that's a wonderful way of course to get warm after the cold freezing air and temperatures. 
I learned how one in eight Icelanders is a published author and how that is a part of perhaps you've heard of the Christmas tradition of giving books to people for Christmas and then you stay up Christmas Eve reading and that's very much a tradition it makes sense with the weather uh, as well with the very short days during the winter months and then the long dark nights and how books and community are vital to maintaining one's spirit and to also staying intellectually stimulated. I saw some of their gorgeous waterfalls that were still pretty frozen. Again, the coldest winter in 25 years, so things weren't exactly melting quickly just yet, but really spectacular waterfalls and geysers and natural landscape. Of course, the Icelandic horses are beautiful and they're so pristine. Uh, They don't allow other horses onto the country's territory. And in fact, when the Icelandic horses leave, they can't come back because then they are being exposed to other diseases and viruses and DNA from other horses. So there's a purity to the Icelandic horses. And they're so sweet and just very charming to encounter. There's a huge population of sheep on the island. There are three sheep to every one person. But I didn't see the sheep because they are still in their barns when it's this cold. The horses are out in the snow, but the sheep and cows are in the barns and protected until it gets warmer. See how I'm giving you all these facts for Jeopardy? Now you're ready to be on Jeopardy and to answer the Iceland category. And then my favorite tip for surviving in the extremes of Iceland is that if you are ever lost in an Icelandic forest and you can't find your way, all you have to do is stand up. Just stand up and you'll no longer be lost. And we need to make sure that Bear Grylls knows this. It'll save him a lot of time and energy. And that's because of how the Icelandic trees are very scraggly and short. Uh, The non-native trees have been imported in, such as pine trees, but the natural trees there don't grow very tall. So I hope that prepares you for your own adventure in Iceland if it ever calls to you if you're ever interested. I can't wait to go back and see even more. So on that note, I'm going to sign off for this week's show. Thank you so much for joining me. As always, you can find out more about my latest courses and programs over at mollymccord.online. And I hope to see you on YouTube as well, where I go through more of the astrological energies of this Libra full moon, as well as the upcoming Aries solar eclipse. Thanks so much for your time, energy, and being here. I look forward to connecting with you again soon and take good care.